0: So, sweetheart, we're not having children's church or we don't have or or we don't have any kids today. No children. Okay. Well, we're going to pray for those kids to come back. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning everybody. Um we're going to spend all of our time in the in the book of Jeremiah this morning and uh I'm continuing still along the overarching theme of knowing God and, and, and making him known. And I feel like what God has put on my heart this morning is another important facet of that. Um, there'll, be a, there'll be a lot of reading, but not necessarily a lot of parking on, on uh, multiple passages. So uh, just bear with me today. And uh, I believe God's got a good word for us. That can not only be relevant but very helpful to us in navigating the choppy waters of this day and time that we that we find ourselves in. How many of you know the prophets in the Old Testament? I would have been scared any time one of them said, "Thus saith the Lord, because what came after usually wasn't very pleasant um Jeremiah was one of those uh, prophets when I mean, he didn't say it unless God told him to say it. There was nothing false about him as a prophet. But God had the prophet speak to his people oftentimes when they had lost their way and he tried over and over again to get their attention to encourage them to repent if they did not repent as a loving father he would deal with them right and oftentimes sad to say oftentimes they did not listen to the warning they did not listen to the prophet they continued in their ways and and God dealt with them not as much to rub their noses in it but he dealt with them in a way to get their attention and lead them to the repentance that they needed to engage in all along. I mean, you know, sometimes God's got to put us in a vice in order for us to do what we ought to be doing anyway, and that's repent and and course correct and get in line with God. I'm talking about us, the people of God. And so, we're still going to know God and make him known really part four of that if, I, if, I'm, know, if my math's correct. And since we're talking about a prophet, I just chose a, as a subtitle, thus sayeth the Lord. And we're going to have uh, competing prophets here that, are, that, that we're going to go over today. And we're just going to see what we can glean from, from these passages. Uh, first of all, let's start off in Jeremiah chapter 25. And the the first couple of passages I'm going to read is is mostly to give us context to set the stage for what we're going to cover in chapter 28. But it says here the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim the son of Josiah king of Judah That was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to all the people of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So this is a prophecy to God's people. And here's what it is. It's for 23 years, from the 13th 13th year of Josiah to the son of Ammon, king of Judah, to this day, the word of the Lord has come to me. And I have spoken persistently to you, but you have not listened. You've neither listened nor inclined your ears to hear. Although the Lord persistently sent to you all, all his servants, the prophets saying, turn now every one of you from his evil way and evil deeds and dwell upon the land that the Lord has given you, given to you and your fathers from of old and forever Do not go after other gods to serve and worship them or provoke me to anger with the work of your hands. Then I will do you no harm. Yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, because you've not obeyed my words, behold, I will send for all the tribes of the north, declares the Lord, And for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. Notice he calls, he calls the king of Babylon his servant. And in, and we're going to find out in this context, he is his servant as far as God administering correction. He chastens those whom he loves. And so the king of Babylon is his chosen instrument of chastisement for his people for the, for the correction and repentance of his people. and I've got to find where I am, sorry because you have not obeyed my words behold I will send for all the tribes of the north declares the lord and for Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon my servant and I will bring them against this land and its inhabitants and against all these surrounding nations I will devote them to destruction and make them a horror, a hissing, and an everlasting desolation Moreover, I will banish from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the grinding of the millstones and the light of the lamp. This whole land shall become a ruin and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon for 70 years. This is thus saith the Lord. This is going to happen. It doesn't matter how much they don't want it to happen. It doesn't, know, it doesn't matter how much they want to reduce that 70 years. It doesn't matter how fed up, fed up they are, that's going to be the case for 70 years. There are prophetic implications there. I don't want to deal with the prophetic right now. I, I, I want to deal with the situation that they're in, right? And so this is how it's going to be. Uh, the people of God, all the surrounding nations, guess what? Y'all going to be serving the king of Babylon. for the next few generations, for 70 years. Then, after the 70 years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, declares the Lord, making the land an everlasting waste. I will bring upon that land all the words that I have uttered against it, everything written in this book, which Jeremiah prophesied against all the nations. And so God is also affirming Jeremiah as his prophet. It's going to be important because there are going to be other prophets that are going to be saying things that are contrary to what God has said through Jeremiah. Let's skip over to chapter 27, verse 1. But note, I just wanted to bring that out. I felt this good. Highlight that. Read. I would encourage you to read, especially chapters. It's a lot of reading. 25 to 29. (laughs) Uh, There's so much there. But I just want you to know it's important before we end up in 28 that circumstances that they are under, that they dislike and hate, the people of God, they're under those circumstances because of their own doing. And, and those circumstances are a part of God dealing with them to correct some things in their lives. And it's important that we value that. That when God is dealing with us, when we know that we have done wrong, if we've erred, that there is a weight, a weightiness to that. That 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 we realize that that is not something that's insignificant, something that we can just first John one nine and, and 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 without really repenting, and we're continuing in those sins over and over and over again. God wants to deal. At some point, God's going to deal with us, and He wants to break the yoke of that thing off of us, right? And, and 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 we've got to want that badly enough that. That we're seeking God and we're wanting God. If it takes God to bring that kind of correction into our lives in order for Him to sanctify us and conform us more into the image of Christ, we've got to want that. All right. Uh, chapter 27, verse 1. Again, in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Thus said, Thus the Lord said to me. Make yourself straps and yoke bars and put them on your neck. Send word to the king of Edom. This is what God said to Jeremiah to do. He shows up talking to these people with a yoke around as a visual aid. To symbolize the, to symbolize the yoke they're going to have to wear up under the rulership of the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. So the Lord said to me, make yourself straps and yoke bars and put them on your neck. Send word to the king of Edom, the king of Moab, the king of the sons of Ammon, the king of Tyre, and the king of Sidon by the hand of the envoys who have come to Jerusalem, to Zedekiah, king of Judah. Give them this charge for their masters. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. This is what you shall say to your masters. It is I who by my great power and my outstretched arm have made the earth with the men and animals that are on the earth and I give it to whomever it seems right to me. Now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. God has done this. The king of Babylon, my servant, and I have given him also the beasts of the field to serve him. All the nations shall serve him and his son and his grandson until the time of his own land comes. Then many nations and great kings shall make him their slave. So God is saying his time is coming, but not before the appointed time. Okay, you're not going to be able to rush his time coming. God already has an appointed time for him. Right now is your time. Right, And oftentimes, we want our attention everywhere, but where it ought to be, us. <laughs> right? All right? Uh, there, there are things that we want, but what is God saying to us now? Right, What does God want to do in us now? These circumstances, I can look at them and say, these are unfavorable circumstances. I don't want any part of this. I am not about this life at all. And we can be so focused on the ending of this to get to days that we would rather be in that we miss what God is doing in our lives. We miss the point. We miss the purpose in what we are suffering right now. Amen? I, 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 I want to, to me, that's important there. This, you know, they're in the middle of God's chastisement and, and King Nebuchadnezzar is the instrument God is using and he's telling them through the prophet, his time will come but guess what? This time ain't ended for you anytime soon. And let's read on. He says, uh, all the nations shall serve him and his son and his grandson until the time of his own land comes. Then many nations and great kings will make him their slave. But, everybody say but if any nation or kingdom will not serve this Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon and put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, I will punish that nation with the sword, with famine, and with pestilence, declares the Lord, until I have consumed it by his hand. So do not listen to your prophets, your diviners, your dreamers, your fortune tellers, or your sorcerers. Now, those last three or four, we shouldn't be listening to them anyway. But but he but but he also, but he started off saying don't listen to your prophets. If your prophets are telling you what you want to hear instead of what God's word says, don't you listen to those prophets. Right? Because we've already established that this time is this time God is doing a certain thing for the seventy years, and we're and we're in this and we're gonna stay in this until the appointed time. So let's not waste our time going against what God has already established. We'd be better off focusing on, okay, God, what is it that I need to hear from you and that I need to do? What do you require of me in this? I'm not in this by accident. I'm not in this for no reason. My life is not my own. I'm bought with a price. So, 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 so I, I, I am, he is my Lord and my king, so I am servant I'm his son, but I'm his servant. And I dare not disregard what God has set in motion in my life that's designed for my correction. I dare not do that. I I must cooperate with that as a faithful and obedient son of God. If I do that, then God will do a work in me that will a transformative work in me that will change my life not according to my will but according to his will many of the prayers that I'm giving to God requires my obedience to him in this in order for those prayers to be fulfilled if those prayers in and of themselves be of God <laughs> uh let me say that. Let me say that. So, so, he's telling them, do not listen to your prophets, your diviners, your dreamers, your fortune tellers, or your sorcerers who are saying to you, you shall not serve the king of Babylon. See, that, that's a good word. If I'm a, you know, if I'm a child of God and we've got this unbelieving pagan king here, it feels good to me to have someone say, Uh uh-uh, uh, you shall not serve that pagan king. But if God said, put on the yoke and serve him, that prophet, no matter how good it sounds to the ear, ain't hearing from God. And, and, and we need to know. We need to know that. You know, in this day, an age where so many people are claiming to hear from the spirit and and the Lord says this and the Lord says that, I tell you what, you better know what the word of God says because we need to be able to learn how to discern what word sounds like it's from God and what doesn't. And it better, we better scrutinize it and it better line up with scripture. It better line up with the whole of scripture. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how good it feels to hear it, it ain't from God. None of them wanted to be underneath King Nebuchadnezzar's rule, but they got themselves in that situation. And God has set this in motion. We can fight against it or we can be so focused on wanting to make God known that we're going to, you know, we're going to say this thing is of God here. And here's why. And here's what's going to come out of this as we yield ourselves to him and obey him in this. And accept his correction and repent. But he said, "If they tell you you shall not serve the king, don't listen to him for it is a lie that you are prophes. Before uh, it is a lie that they are prophesying to you, with the result that you will be removed far from your land, and I will drive you out, and you will perish. But any nation that will bring its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him." I will leave on its own land to work it and dwell there, declares the Lord. So we got to be careful who we're listening to. We also got to be careful where our heart is, right? Because if, you know, uh, Scripture says in Galatians, I probably should have given this, but it, it says that walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? And, you know, for the longest time, I always equated that, you know, uh, uh, fornication, adultery, you know, all all the outward uh, sins that are obvious and everything. But, you know, it's a lust of the flesh to desire something different than what the spirit, than how the spirit of God is moving. It's a lust of the flesh to want to, to want us out of from under the, the, the correction that God has us under. And we're going to have to walk in the spirit in order to stay under that and to let God have his full say and do his full work in our lives. So, so we got to understand the context of that scripture as well. It's not just don't engage in these obvious sins. It's also anything that would tempt you to do something other than what is the will of God is is included in the lust of the flesh. Because it ain't the spirit that's tempting you to do that that is the flesh. So, so he said that to the king, uh, scroll down to verse 16 and 17, it says, then I spoke to the priests and to all this people, saying, thus says the Lord, do not listen to the words of your prophets who are prophesying to you, saying, behold, the vessels of the Lord's house will now shortly be brought back from Babylon, for it is a lie that you're that they are prophesying to you do not listen to them serve the king of babylon and live why should this city become a desolation what it, no, notice all the the holy vessels or holy uh, ornaments and things that would normally be in the house of the lord the king of babylon took them took possession of them and i'm not going to go through all those chapters but just trust me The king of Babylon took all that stuff and all those things would not be returned until the king of Babylon's appointed time. They're not coming back to the house of the Lord for 70 years. But you have prophets who are prophesying saying thus said the Lord that they're going to be back, those vessels are going to be back in the house of the Lord in short order. Again, it's what they want to hear but it's also contradicting what God has already said. And that's really what I believe God wanted me to speak to this morning is that we've got to weigh what we hear and we've got to guard against how appealing it is to us because we don't tend to be scrutinizing when something is said to us that we like. But we can like a lot of things that ain't of God. Right? And so, uh, who doesn't want, who doesn't want all those things that were taken out of the temple of God back? Who doesn't want that? And if someone prophesies that they're going to be back in short order, you're going to get a quick amen, and you're going to get a lot of amens to that, and people, because that's what they want to hear, but there's no truth in it. It is a lie, as it said in that verse. And I want to, I want to go ahead and skip forward, um, Uh, time is growing short. Let's go on into chapter 28. But I just wanted to kind of lay the groundwork there to let you know there are prophets. I'm going to discount all the rest of those dudes. But there are prophets that have come after Jeremiah in the middle of what of them experiencing it's the fulfillment, that to show that it was legitimate where Jeremiah already prophesied, they're living it. It's happened. That prophecy is confirmed. It is true. They're in the middle of it. But in the middle of it, you have other prophets that come in there saying, you know what? We're not, we're not accepting this. This is not right. This thing's going to be over with in two years. It's going to be over with in short order. And uh, a lot of people believe in the lie to their own peril. And now we're going to deal with the confrontation between Hananiah and Jeremiah, and then we'll draw this thing to a close. Verse 1, chapter 28. In that same year, at the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fifth month of the fourth year, Hananiah, the son of Azar, the prophet from Gibeon, Spoke to me in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and all the people, saying, "Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel." So he's doing this in front of everybody, and he's saying this. He's sending a message to to, to Jeremiah. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years, I will bring back to this place all the vessels of the Lord's house, which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. I will also bring back to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and all the exiles from Judah who went to Babylon. Now, he's saying God is saying this, declares the Lord. For I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to Hananiah, the prophet, in the presence of the priests and all the people who were standing in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do so. May the Lord make the words that you have prophesied come true and bring back to this place from Babylon the vessels of the house of the Lord and all the exiles. Yet hear now this word that I speak in your hearing and in the hearing of all the people. The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, famine, and pestilence against many countries and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes to pass, then it will be known. Then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. Then the prophet Hananiah took the yoke. Well, I'm going to hold off right there. You know, I don't want you to see this the wrong way. Jeremiah's like, amen. You know? But basically, the context and what he means there is like, you know what? That'd be great. Amen. I, 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 I wish, I'm, I hope and wish that that would be so. But it ain't. <laughs> right? <laughs> That'd be nice. I hope God, you know, I hope God repents and 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 He decides to show us some mercy and and shorten the time and 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 give us a two-year schedule instead of seventy. That'd be great. I think it's kind of kind of uh, sarcastic the kind of ways He's doing. Oh, it'd be great, you know. But uh, that's a you know that sounds like a good word, but it ain't God. Then the prophet Hananiah took the yoke bars from the neck of Jeremiah. Remember, he had those on as a as a visual aid, say, hey, y'all need to, you see this yoke around my neck? Y'all need to get up under the yoke of King Babylon in obedience to God. You know, take your punishment like a man. Learn from it. Grow from it. Let God do what God in his divine wisdom knows needs to be done. You might not like it. Scripture says God chastens those whom he loves. And, and guess what? You had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to bow the knee and repent and get right with God. But you chose to stay a destructive course. And now God had to deal with it the, in this way, right? And so, so this dude, as a show, took the yoke bars from the neck of, from, from the neck of Jeremiah the prophet and broke them. And Hananiah spoke in the presence of all the people saying, Thus says the Lord, even so will I break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all the nations within two years. But Jeremiah the prophet went his way, went his way. It probably looked in that moment, you know, if I'm, if I'm in there, if I'm in that crowd and this is, this is almost like a rap battle or something. If I'm in this crowd, it looks like Hananiah he won and dropped the mic, right? Right? <laughs> and, 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 it, and, and, it, and it looks like Jeremiah, you know, just walked off with his head down and just conceded victory. But you know what? That guy was obstinate. Jeremiah said his piece. He said what needed to be said. He wasn't going to sit there and argue with this dude. And he said, okay, well, when a prophet speaks, it'll prove itself out. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see what the truth of it is because what God has said, is gonna happen. If it doesn't come to pass, then the prophet who said it would, I don't know what he was hearing, but he wasn't hearing God. He may have been presumptuous, it was coming out of his soul, but it wasn't, it wasn't of the spirit of the living God, right? And, you know, and, and that needs to, that needs to be, it needs to be serious. You know, we, we can't just lightly dismiss, you know, when, when somebody says, Thus saith the Lord. This is God saying this. This is going to happen. It better be God and if it ain't then we need to uh, as far as consequences, we need to not regard that person as someone who speaks from the Lord. Or someone that we consider a source that speaks from the Lord, right? Because if it's from the Lord, it's going to come to pass. If it doesn't, dude you you, you you might you got some work to do but jeremiah just went away he lost the rap battle but let's go on sometime after and here's this is very serious sometime after the prophet hananiah had broken the yoke bars from off the neck of Jeremiah the prophet the word of the lord came to Jeremiah See, Jeremiah didn't get into, he didn't want to do his, he didn't want to do the rap battle out there in front of everybody. What does he do? He's, he's a true prophet. He hears from God. If God tells him to say it, he's going to say it. If God doesn't, he's not. He knows what God said. He's already told the people. He's been telling them what God has said. But here lies the danger in which, when, when, how, how dangerous it is, when in the midst of going through, it doesn't, it, at some point, it doesn't matter what God has said if we're in our soul and not in the spirit. It doesn't matter what God has said when somebody's coming along and speaking to that inner longing and desire that, 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 that wants things to be different. If you speak to that, then you hook me. And because that's a reality that I want rather than the truth, you know, it, it may not be the truth, but it's a reality that I want. And because it is, I am on the hook, hook, line, and sinker, and 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 it will lead me to doing things that are not good for myself or my family. That isn't a good witness from the Lord of the uh, to, uh, a good witness of the Lord. Are you hearing me? And so, sometime after Hananiah had that drop the mic moment and broke the yoke bar, off the neck of Jeremiah the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And he said, go, tell Hananiah, thus says the Lord. All right, right. he said that what he said was from the Lord. Go tell Hananiah, give him a word from me because despite what he's telling everybody else, he he ain't hearing from me. The Lord ain't speaking to him. So I'm talking to the one who the Lord is speaking to. Now you go tell that prophet. Thus saith the Lord, you have broken wooden bars, but you have made in their place bars of iron. You know, to me, and and I didn't research this out all. But to me, in other words, you've made things worse. You know, what God asked for you to do is to willingly submit to his process. Willingly submit to his servant. During this season of chastisement and correction in their lives. I asked you to willingly do it. But now you've gone out and you've caused people to stray from the will of God in their hearts by telling them I said things that I did not say. And telling them what they want to hear rather than what they needed to hear. And so things have worsened. Not only for you, but for the people who have believed what you've said. So you can either, you can either willingly receive and accept that yoke that the Lord wants to put on you. And it's a yoke of submission. Or, or it can be a yoke of hardship. You can break the wooden one, you ain't, breaking the, the, you ain't breaking the iron one. It's a heavier yoke, right? So, you have broken wooden bars, but you have made in their place bars of iron. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel... I have put upon the neck of all these nations an iron yoke to serve Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon and they shall serve him for I have given, I have given to him even the beasts of the field. So this is a God thing. This is a done deal. You can fight against it but it will, it will lead to nothing. God has set this in motion and it will happen. So rather than fight against it You might as well go with it, surrender it, surrender to God and obey him in it. And so I have put upon the neck of all these nations an iron yoke to serve Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and they shall serve him for I have given to him even the beasts of the field. And Jeremiah, the prophet said to the prophet Hananiah, listen, Hananiah. The Lord has not sent you. Today, that sounds like a burn, that sounds harsh, and it seems impolite to do this, you know. But if somebody like Hannah and I came in this church, you best believe if they came talking something that's not of God, I have a duty before God to protect this flock. And, and all of us leaders, <laughs> leaders here, have, we we, we going to stand up and say, no, 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 no. No, that ain't God. The Lord has not sent you here to say that, right? And, and I would to God that we would be on the vanguard like that, right? Being quiet and being polite when we need to stand for truth. If somebody's going to say, thus said the Lord in the hearing of multitudes of people, then there needs to be those who hear in the Lord saying that that ain't true, that that ain't God. We're here to know God and to make him known. What they're making known to you ain't the God of the Bible that's not of the spirit, you know, and we need to make sure those of us who are walking with him, we need to present him and uh, present him in truth. And, and, and we need to be willing to stand. We don't need to go around fighting every battle, but right now, this is between him, they had their, their, their rap battle earlier. This is just between these two men right now. Listen, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you, and look at this, you have made this people trust in a lie. That little sentence fragment, you know, is kind of the crux of what we're talking about. The Lord Lord hasn't sent you. You said he has, and because you said he has, the people who have believed you, you've made them trust in a lie. What you're telling them may feel good to them, but it is not true. But that's where their trust is. And you know how destructive it can be when you put your trust in a lie. And you talk about weighty consequences. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I will remove you from the face of the earth. You gave a time limit. God's going to bring, do all this stuff in two years. So, okay, well, let me give you a time limit. I will remove you from the face of the earth. This year you shall die because you have uttered rebellion against the Lord. And in that same year, in the seventh month, the prophet Hananiah died. That's not really the rah-rah ending, but that's the last verse I want to cover today. But in that last verse, it really gets down to the crux of the matter and and really why we have to be careful and, and really weigh whether before we start uttering God is saying something, we better know that God is saying it. Not just out of fear of personal consequence to us, but if we say, thus saith the Lord, and God didn't say, then we are making people trust in a lie. Amen, Pastor. We're making people trust in a lie. And I think we've all seen some of the the destructive outcomes of people believing and putting their trust in things that are not true. And when we encourage people in this way, and it's really dangerous when we're, when we're just bringing it down to a local level, when we're dealing with people who are going through very difficult situations, and, and uh, particularly those individuals who, who would uh, be in the category of what we're dealing with today, people who are dealing with consequences brought on by their own behavior. We have to be very, very careful not to incite them to rebellion against what God is doing in their lives by feeding them stuff that sounds good to them and feels good to them and, and feeding it to them in a way that's, that conveys this is coming from God. Because if it ain't coming from God, but you, but you give it the credibility you want, you want them to give it credibility by saying it comes from God and they put their trust in those lies. The destruction that results afterwards, you know what? You, you, you have some ownership in that. And speaking from the other side of it, if you are someone who are, who is suffering under the chastisement of the Lord, let me encourage you. Like I've already said, he chastises those whom he loves. So, you know what? That's evidence of God's love. He wouldn't be doing it if he didn't love you. That's evidence of his love for you. He's chastising you because he has a purpose and a plan for your life. You're the same one he gave his son to die for. And he wants to see you run the race well. He wants to see you cross the finish line. He wants to see you run the race to win it and not to be disqualified, right? And so, if you're not going to be disciplined, then he's going to exercise some discipline for your good so that you do cross that finish line well. Are you hearing that? And so, if we have If we're enduring consequences for our actions and so forth, then we want to hear, we got to be careful not to be looking for things that'll be a salve, things that will give me an out, things that will give me a pass, but I want, I want the unadulterated truth of God. I know what I've done. I know why I am where I am right now. I know what I want to hear. But the fact that I want to hear it is probably evidence that I don't need to be hearing that right now. God, I want to hear from you. Your word of truth concerning uh, next steps for me, corrective steps for me. What do I do? How do I repent? How do I walk Walk where you have me? Because I want you to fully do and complete the work that you've begun in me here. That's what I want I, I I don't want out more than I want your work to be completed in me here. does that make sense? If it doesn't say it i mean if, but if it makes sense so that these people are in it for seventy years. doesn't matter what Hannah and I or any other prophet says they're speaking to their desires, speaking to their flesh they're not they're saying what they're saying is coming from God, but it's not because it's contrary to God's word. And God dealt with Hananiah in a very serious way. I'm not saying you need to be scared. If you say, thus says the Lord, and it ends up not being right. You're dead. I'm not... That's not the message. To, <laughs> that's not the message here. you know. I'm just saying we got to recognize the reality of human nature, including our own nature. All of us fall short of the glory of God. Right? All of us uh, sin or rebel against God. We don't, the problem a lot of time is we don't often call it sin and we don't call it rebellion. And we need to call it what it is. Call it what it is, name it. We need to confess it, and we need to repent before God in it. And, and, and we need to invite God to deal with us in that place because we don't want it to have any mastery over us anymore, right? And, and we're willing to, God, we welcome you dealing with, I you dealing with me here, right? Because this thing has a level of mastery over me that it should not have because you're my master. Right. And so and so 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 God do whatever it is that you need to do and I will cooperate with that. that. That should really be our posture there. Right. And if well-intended friends, ministers come along and tell you something that would tempt you to do otherwise. Then I would encourage you to discard that. Praise the Lord! I'm going to ask you to stand. Why do we again? Why do why, why do we go through this? I mean, I, I think it's pretty self evident. But you know, one of the ways we make God known is when is when we when we are. Uh, walking in the spirit, you know, one of the ways we make God known is by saying, well, thus saith the Lord. This is what God is saying. And people are going to either trust that or reject it. But when we say God is saying something, we're saying, we're we're painting a picture of God. We're giving a presentation of God, who he is, how he, you know, uh, how, how he uh, conducts himself toward us, what he prioritizes and values, and and if we want to be careful not to paint a schizophrenic picture of God. Right. If 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 he's a Spirit of Truth, right, then 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 truth matters. He's not going to say something and it, and it's going to be true and then contradict it later. if he's faithful then he's faithful right and we're going to have to we're going to have to resolve that in our hearts right so 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 let's not be like hananiah if we're if if we're going if we feel strongly that god has put something on our hearts don't feel afraid to say it but i would encourage you to do business with god <laughs> pray Uh, uh, Ask God to confirm that word uh, to you. Um, Make sure that what you, you know, that what you're hearing lines up with Scripture. And and why do I say that? Scripture, every word of God, every word of Scripture is God breathed. Scripture is what we know. All right. when we hear in something in the spirit, that, that is not necessarily what we know. We, we're going to have to test that. We're going to have to confirm that because what we think we're hearing, it, it, it may be coming out of our soul. That doesn't necessarily mean it's God, no matter how much you think it is. So, why don't you take what you're thinking or what you're feeling and take it to the mirror of what you know, the word of God. And make sure it is in line with that. Because scripture makes it very clear for us that the the spirit won't speak of his own. He will speak concerning Jesus, right? He will lead us and guide us into all truth, right? So, if he's not going to do... Or lead you in a way that's contradictory to truth, and, and what is truth? The Word of God is truth, right? And I think we can avoid a lot of error by that check, by that check and balance right there. This is a safe place. We believe in the, in, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and all that but we also believe there is a divine order to those things, right? And there's a right way to exercise those things and to walk in those things. And so, and the right way is defined by the word of God. And so, I just wanted to encourage you that way. There, there's an opportunity there as we hear God and, and, and we're declaring what God is saying. We are, in, we are endeavoring to make God known through that situation. And we want to make God known in truth, in spirit and in truth. We don't want to give a misrepresentation of him that someone will be trusting in that's based in a lie. It will cause hurt and confusion. And so, Father God, we just thank you for speaking to us in this way. Father, it's our desire to know you in a deeper and more intimate way and it's our desire to to make you known. Father, you have called us, you have commissioned us to make disciples. You have you have uh, commissioned us as laborers in the, in, uh, in the field, Father God. There are souls that are there to be reaped. There are those who are ready to give their hearts to you that you've been grooming and dealing with and our paths are going to eventually cross with those individuals and, 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 and we're going to uh, be in a position where we can present you in a way that makes you known to them and, 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 and help them make a decision where they're going to, about where they're going to spend eternity. And I pray, Father God, that you convict our hearts in that way, that, that, that we do not, we, we will not just say God is saying something unless we know for sure that God is actually saying it. We, we 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 know it lines up with your word. Not just a a, a verse or a part of a verse or a, or or a small passage, but we know that the whole of scripture is in line with that. We've taken it to trustworthy leadership and gotten wise counsel on it, Father God, and uh We've done what we've needed to do to confirm that this is of you, Lord, and we can with confidence present it to someone without it being a contradiction against you. And so, Father God, I don't think that that's just for a special few people to be able to do. That's for all of us to be able to do. And I pray that you would just by your grace and your wisdom, you would lead us into that, Father God. And, and the father also pray that when we are the ones being, receiving these words, that we know how to receive them in a healthy way, that we would not be so parched and and so starving uh, for, uh, for, uh, for, for, for a good word that feels good to our souls, that we will grab a hold of it instead of desiring and hungering for your truth. And if your, even if your truth be a hard truth, we would rather have that than to have a good-tasting lie to put our trust in. So, Father, just uh, 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 like Heather uh, ministered earlier today, Father God, we just want give us the grace to, and the wisdom to lay down the lies the, the, for us to, we want to know truth. We'll hang our hat on truth. If it's truth, according to your word, if what, what we, what's confirmable, according to your word, if it's truth, then we want it. We'll eat it up. We'll run with it. But if it's a lie, we want no part of it. We, we, do, we do not, we do not, we should not want to uh, put our trust in a lie. And so, Father God, give us the grace and wisdom to always be conscious of that, that we're going to confirm whether this is truth or a lie. If it's a lie, discard it. If it's truth, then we're going to adhere to it. Father, I thank you for the work that you're doing in our lives, and may you be glorified through us all in Jesus' name. Amen.